Yeah, can we give Jesus a big hand? Can we praise Him? Come on now, you've been praising and putting hand clap emojis for the last year and a half. Come on now, can I see some energetic hand clap for Jesus? Come on. Oh, I'm clapping better than you are. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll warm up to it. Well, welcome home. We're starting a brand new series as Pastor M just mentioned. And I'm so excited to be with you live in person. This is not a hologram. This is not a dream. We're actually worshiping together. Amen? All right. I need an interactive uh, uh, family. So I need you to just uh, shout amen if you, even if you don't agree with me. But trust that your pastor is preaching right. Amen? Okay, good, good, good. Today I want to talk to you on the first message of our series called Friend of Sinners. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves sinners. You know that our God loves us so much that He finds us, He chooses us, He picks us while we are yet, while we're still sinners. But He loves us so much that He doesn't leave us in our mess. And today, God wants to say, welcome home. Wherever you've been, maybe you were at the retreat with us or not. We were leveling up at the retreat. Maybe not. Maybe you were leveling down. But today, welcome home. You could have been anywhere, but you're in the house of God. You're doing better than you think. Amen? I want to read for you from Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. You got it? If not, you can follow on the slide. Living, New Living Translation is what I'm using right now. Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. What's his name? He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by and looked at Zacchaeus, he called him by name, by his name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Verse 8, follow along with me. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, and I will have, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Can you read along verse 10 together? For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. I know we prayed, but I like to pray. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming and seeking us and saving us. And if we're far away from you today, Lord, we pray that you bring us closer to you. And Lord, help me to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you a quick background. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. We are, today is nursery rhymes. It's Sunday school songs. How many of you sang that song in, uh, uh, growing up? Come on, who can sing it for me? Zacchaeus was a... He was a Jew living in Jericho. And, and Jericho, it belongs to the Jews. But Zacchaeus works for the enemy. 
the Romans took over Jericho the Romans are ruling over the Jews and this Jew Zacchaeus is working for the enemy as a tax collector and he's so good at robbing from his own people that he became chief tax collector can you imagine what kind of life Zacchaeus would be having hated by his own people working for the enemy robbing from his own people so you know he probably doesn't have any friends he's isolated and his boss is the enemy so he must have felt a lot of pain loneliness he knew that he was hated but we see what Jesus does on the last week of his life if you had one week to live what would you do take a line of credit go to the casino eat all the lobster at casino because I was I was told that lobster is really good at casino no I haven't I heard somebody said go gambling go partying do shameful things hey you only got one leave one week to live what would you do if you had one week to live look what Jesus is doing when he has one week left to live before he goes to the cross before his mission physically on earth in the human body is done Jesus on his last week of his life he goes to Jericho and and there's no other reason we can find why he goes to Jericho except to meet this lonely broken man I don't know where you've been but I want to tell you that Jesus want to have a fresh encounter with you today can you say amen to that sometimes it's hard to believe like why would God love me a sinner God has seen what I've done in the secret why would he love me but I want to tell you Jesus loves you so much that he would come into your circumstance and meet you even if he has to pay a great price Jesus goes to Jericho to meet Zacchaeus Jesus was on mission even as he was getting ready to face the agony of the cross Jesus is coming for the worst of the worst and I think if we can all be really transparent we can analyze and evaluate ourselves and say I am the worst of the worst like Paul said Jesus goes to meet and encounter the worst of the worst Jesus comes to seek and save the lost you know why because Jesus is the friend of sinners he's your friend he's my friend he's the friend that never leaves never abandons us Maybe today you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you're like, I have too many problems. I'm going through too much. But remember this love that Jesus had made accessible to you. This love that Jesus has poured out on you is not just for you. Maybe you know a lot about Jesus. Maybe you know a little bit about Jesus. But still you encountered, you received, you know. Maybe you have head knowledge, maybe not heart experience. But you know that Jesus is the Savior. Don't keep that selfishly. Jesus is not just your savior. He wants to be other people's savior. And the way God meets you and others is through people. Just like how you've been encountered. You are called to carry on the mission of Christ. To go to those who are hurting. To go to those that are hopeless. And, and many times we waste time just thinking and analyzing and making excuses. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are called to carry the good news. And go to the people that are hopeless and tell them hey I got good news somebody died to pay for your penalty there's a healer for your sickness there's a savior 
and tell them your story. I was depressed. I was suicidal. But one night, Jesus met me. Amen. On my 16th birthday, I had a radical encounter with Jesus that changed my life. Life didn't get easy, but life became purposeful. Jesus filled my heart with joy, with peace. And now I live a life of purpose. My greatest joy right now in my life is to bring people closer to Jesus. That's it. There's nothing. You can win the lottery. You can have a big car, a fancy car, a big house, a big this and that. But when God uses you to bring somebody closer to Him, there's nothing greater than that. I got four points and a poem for you and a breakdance later. Number one, dwelling on feelings of inadequacy can derail your divine opportunities. It's a mouthful, but it's real. Zacchaeus was known as the short guy. How many of you want to be known as a short guy or short girl? Uh, I guess they call girls shorties. Not short eats. I like short eats. But like, is that a good nickname? Like, we want to be called, but his, he is known as the short guy. What do you want to be known as? What are you striving to be known as? Think about Zacchaeus' life. He was ridiculed. He was labeled. What labels are you carrying? And we put on masks and, and we do other things to make up for our insecurities. Is there anything in your life that makes you feel inadequate? Is there anything in your life when you compare yourself with somebody else, you feel low? You know for sure, I can tell you, once you start comparing, you will end up depressed. You might listen and believe what the crowd is saying, just like how they were talking about Zacchaeus. And then you hear the crowd calling you certain things, crowd putting labels on you, and then you start acting on it. You start addressing your uh, 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 inadequacy. Sorry, I, I grew up speaking French. So, uh, you know, uh, inadequate feelings you have, you start addressing it. How many of you get depressed after you scroll through social media? One honest person. You start comparing. Man, my, my, my family loves me so much. You know, I just had a birthday. And uh, they went all the way down 300 meters to Metro and they got me a cake. And you know Metro cake, it has these cute little gifts on the top. They're fake, they're fake, but they're cute. And the little plastic balloons on it, it's so cute. And then they wrote my name, got smudged a little bit, but hey, my family did it. I don't like Metro cake that much, but they got it for... Man, I love my family. They're so nice. They're so loving. They didn't forget my birthday this year. And then you scroll through social media on your break time. I'm like, man, I just want to catch up with what's going on with everybody. I just want to say hello and just, you know, start scrolling. Oh, look, my friend just had a birthday. Wow, everybody's dressed up. Oh, oh, nice gowns and tucks and wow. Oh, that looks a little exotic. I mean, they must have gotten a nice backdrop or something. Wow. Oh, they had a birthday. Look at that cake. Whoo! Looks like y'all cake house to the max. Look at this. Ooh, that's, that's like custom icing. And oh, they wrote their name. Like the, the cake is the shape of their name. Wow. Oh, okay. Oh, and they're having a nice party in Hawaii. Okay. And then now you're like, <laughs> your, your co-worker comes to the cubicle. And, don't talk to me. I'm in a bad mood right now. My family hates me. My family doesn't love me. 
you were fine two seconds ago before you started comparing. The comparison trap will always leave you depressed, always leave you wanting. So don't listen to the crowd. Don't listen to the, the voices that the enemy brings because now you feel inadequate. And it's a cycle. And to compensate for that cycle, you start to behave and take, take steps to compensate it, but then it's a cycle. It just gets worse and worse. So and then you spend your entire life trying to prove something to somebody that doesn't care. Maybe that's what Zacchaeus was feeling. Maybe the reason why he was a successful tax collector is because he was compensating for being short. He was compensating for being small. People ridiculed him. And so he got fed up and he was like, fine. You know what, people? I'm going to go to the enemy and get a job and I'm going to come and take advantage of you. What are the things you feel inadequate about? Because if we don't address it, it's going to get bigger. Some of you might feel inadequate to share the love of Jesus. You come to church for a long time maybe, but you will not take the step to share the love of Jesus with somebody else. Because you feel like, I got issues myself. I got problems myself. How can I tell anybody about this Savior and this lover of their soul when I don't have it all figured out? Inadequacy. Or you make excuses. But the truth is you are not the Savior. Aren't you glad you're not the Savior? Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the perfect one. And we find hope and peace and life and purpose by trusting in Him. We get saved by trusting in Him. It's not based on your works. It's not based on your perfection. Your perfection is filthy rags. It's His finished work on the cross. Can you say amen to that? Your job is to point people to Jesus. And be honest. Say, hey man, I know that you know that I'm not perfect. But Jesus is. And He loves you unconditionally. His love is limitless. I don't have it figured out. But Jesus changed my life and He's continuing to change my life. So always be ready in and out of season. Be ready. Be an available, willing vessel. You have access to people that I don't. On your deathbed, you're not going to be worried about how many followers and how many likes and how many this and that you had on your social. No, you're going to be like, did I do enough for Jesus? Did I, was I faithful what He gave me? Don't let feelings of inadequacy derail your divine opportunities. Share Jesus with everybody share share the hope of Jesus with others so in verse 3 we see that can we go back to the verse verse 3 is it, we see that something changed that day Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was there are so many people around us they may not verbally say it but they are looking for Jesus you might be the only Bible that they read and they want you to bring the hope of Jesus to them but they might not verbalize it they're struggling in secret and depression and loneliness. They want to get to know Jesus. But sometimes as Christians, we're too busy. Or we feel inadequate. We feel not qualified. We feel we're not capable to bring Jesus to the people that are hurting. Your job is to befriend them and lead them to Jesus. Love those who are far from God, just as Jesus did. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for Next Level Church. We'd be turning two years old. Amen? All right. Okay. Little by little. Okay. Okay. Because in this church, you can come just as you are. You don't have to clean up to come 
to service. You can come just as you are. And I believe this church is a church where our church family will love you unconditionally. Love you just as you are. And not leave you there. Just like Jesus, what he did to us. We will not leave you there, but we will do life with you. We will encourage you. We will pray for you. And we will encourage you towards the divine purpose that God has for your life. And running with the purpose of bringing people closer to Jesus. Every time you try to step up, even today when you try to come to church, the enemy will say, why do you need to go to church? What are you going to do? Every time you try to open your mouth and say something about Jesus, enemy will say, you're not qualified. Just look, look at what you did last week, last month. The enemy will come to condemn and accuse you. But today you need to make a decision. I may not be perfect, but I love Jesus. And I don't want to be selfish with this love that I've found. This overwhelming love that we just sang about. I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to be a usable vessel for Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to make excuses, but I'm going to make moves for Jesus. In the unique personality God has given me, I'm going to step out in my workplace, in my school, in my home, in my neighborhood. Your neighbors are not the devil. You are called to be a street evangelist in your neighborhood, not to stand with the speaker and, and scream at them. You can if you want, but to love your neighbor. As you love God, you start to love your neighbor. When you spend time with God, you start to love people. So step out of the boat. Stop analyzing. Step out of the boat like Peter did. Peter didn't analyze it. if he steps out of the boat, if he can float. He just, by faith, took a step. Make moves. Number two, ignore the crowd. See, the crowd was in the way. The crowd limited Zacchaeus. Verse 4, we see that when Jesus is coming, run to him. Jesus is coming, run to him and ignore the crowd. Because today, Jesus wants to have an encounter with you. And whatever is around, blocking you, get around that. And find a higher ground. Get, get over that obstacle. If you have to climb it, jump it, just go. I want to ask you, is people's opinion limiting you? Is people's opinion keeping you away from Jesus, from, from reaching the lost? Because the crowd is symbolic to not just our busyness and excuses, but it can be unhelpful relationships. It could be people that, who made you step away from Jesus. So you blend in with the crowd. You don't want to be a salmon and, and, and swim against the tide. Even though you know where Jesus is, you're stuck because you're afraid of the crowd. Today, I want to encourage you, do what Zacchaeus did. Get away from that thing and go talk to Jesus. Tell, turn to your neighbor right now and say, do what Zacchaeus did. Stop asking the crowd and go see Jesus. Verse 5, Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. We don't see anywhere else in the Bible that Jesus met with Zacchaeus before. We serve a divine, omniscient, omnipotent, almighty God. We don't see Jesus being in Jericho before. But Jesus looks up at this man in the tree as if he's already knew who he was and he addresses him by name. 
as if you already knew him. Jesus was already seeking him. Jesus was already going after him. Jesus was already planning to stay the next step at Zacchaeus' house. I don't know what you're facing today, but I want to tell you Jesus is seeking you today. He's already planned it. He's already going after you. And he's made the next plan in your life. Aren't you glad we serve a God that is not at a distance? You can whisper and he can hear you. You don't have to do this, 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 and this, and then God will come and encounter you. No, by faith you can say, Jesus, I'm struggling. God, meet me. Use me. That was my prayer. Growing up, I would cry. My pillow would be wet of tears. I would say, Lord, make me the man you call me to be. Use me. I'll do anything that you want. But it does take courage. It does take sticking to your decision. But I knew that God is a God of closeness. Not a God of distance. If you give me your child, and you're not worried about coronavirus, I will hold your child for a little bit. But if your child smells or has a dirty diaper, I'm going to hold your child like this. And you better come take your child. Aren't you glad that even in the midst of our mess and our smelliness and our dirtiness, God holds us close to Him because we stand on the finished work of Jesus on the cross. We are washed by His blood and He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't turn away from us when we mess up. He holds us close because He already knows you inside out and He still loves you unconditionally. How amazing is that? To test this out, you tell some, some of your brutal truth and your past to some of your friends, watch, they'll walk away from you. But Jesus doesn't do that. Because He created us with a plan. He created us with a purpose. And He has our name engraved in the palm of His hands. Hallelujah. That's because it's a permanent thing. He loves it unconditionally. I try to get my wife's name engraved. But we're in this for forever. But God has your name engraved in the palm of His hands. Hallelujah. The Good Shepherd is seeking you. He wants to find you. So don't be selfish. Don't just keep Jesus to yourself. Despite your insecure feelings, go out and reach people and welcome them into God's house. Don't listen to the crowd, but go after the lost. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. That change that you've been wanting, that freedom, that deliverance can happen today. If you would encounter Jesus, if you would allow Jesus came down at once and welcomed Jesus because now Zacchaeus realizes that he's accepted if you're seeking Jesus know that he's already seeking you Zacchaeus chose but Jesus already chose to stay at the house God already chose you to carry out a mission in this world do you understand that there's a purpose a, a thing that you can do that I can't do there's a divine calling in your life in the season that you're in, in the environment that you're in, in the influence that you're in, that God has called you. He has appointed you and anointed you to do that. But we need to be like Zacchaeus. Don't wait for people to validate you. Zacchaeus tried to run ahead of Jesus, but you can never run ahead of Jesus. God already has a plan. 
Think about the time you, you gave your life to Jesus. Years prior to that, God was orchestrating and, and, and leading and guiding and, and speaking to you through people and circumstances to lead you to Him. In that same way, God is orchestrating everything right now for your present and your future. So when you're seeking Jesus, He's already seeking you. He already made plans for you. And He wants to change the trajectory of your life. Verse 7. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner. The crowd tends to ruin it. Zacchaeus is in the moment. He is passionate about knowing and welcoming Jesus. And he realizes that he's accepted by the Messiah, but the crowd grumbles. I wonder if there's any grumblers among us. When somebody that is different from you walks into the church, do we grumble? Do we criticize? Do we give them a new name? Sinner. That's what the crowd did. Crowd is the, is the people that, that finds the worst in others, the gossips about others. And the crowd says, sinner. We got to be careful that we don't get into the way of other people's coming of closeness to Jesus. If you're in the crowd, do what Zacchaeus did and listen to Jesus. If you've been participating in the crowd, make a decision to get out of it and start believing the best in people, to cheer people on, to stop criticizing, stop being a stumbling block. If you have a hard time loving people, go be with Jesus. Point number three, you are already accepted, loved, and freed. Verse 8, we see that Zacchaeus is speaking to Jesus, not the crowd. That's how important this one person is. You don't answer to the crowd. You don't have to be afraid of people. Go be with Jesus. And you answer to Jesus. And after, me, after this meeting, Zacchaeus' heart, it changes completely. And we see it through his action. Without Jesus telling him, you have to do this. You have to do this without just that encounter, just changed his heart. Zacchaeus wanted to do it. If today maybe you're in church, you're serving God, are you doing it out of obligation and duty? Or are you doing it because you want to do it for Jesus? Zacchaeus feels accepted, loved, and freed. Church, I want to ask you, if you felt these three things, loved, accepted, and freed, what would you do? Because I can guarantee you some of the things that you're not doing in your life is because you are not feeling one of those three things. God has called you to do something amazing, but you need to accept His love and realize that you are freed and you move on from that. You don't let the crowd stop you. You might, this might be the day where you make a decision and you say, you know what, I'm not just going to sit here and, and, and doubt and question and wonder, but I'm going to go for it because I already know what God thinks of me. Jesus is seeking you. Listen to him. Ignore the crowd. He has found you. He has accepted you. He's loving you. Verse 9, before I wrap up. Jesus said to him, you are not an outcast. 
And God is putting on my heart to say that there are some of you here that feel like a reject. You feel like an outcast. That you will never fit in. You will never belong. That's a lie from the devil. Can you confess right now and say, I am not an outcast. Come on. I am not rejected. Come on. I am loved. I am accepted. I am freed. Come on. There are opportunities in your life to pray, people to talk to people, but you got to stop listening to the voice of the crowd. Otherwise, it'll discourage you. Today, God sent me to tell you that you are not an outcast. Zacchaeus is the only person Jesus goes and talks to in Jericho. Jesus goes all the way there to talk to that one person. This whole experience of our relaunch might be just for you. It might be just for one of you. For God to tell you today that He loves you unconditionally and that your life has a purpose. That there's a future for you. You don't have to be afraid of the future because your past is not going to repeat. Amen? You are a new creation. You are forgiven. This whole experience might be just for one of you. Hallelujah. And you can do anything and get through anything because you know that you're accepted by God. You know that you're loved by God. You know that the blood of Jesus can free you of anything. Now, He wants you to bring that message to your neighborhood, to your city. He wants you to be the hands and feet. I'm going to wrap up with this one story and I'm going to use code words because there are children in the room. True story of a friend of ours. She was working in not so good career. Professional intimacy. You know what that means. As she was living that lifestyle, you can imagine somebody who works in professional intimacy, drug abuse, other kinds of physical abuse, violence, a really toxic environment. Because of her trauma of growing up, she went into this professional intimacy career. A child of God went into this dark environment. God led her to talk to her. God let him to talk to her. He asked her, what's your rate? She told him the rate. And then this young man took her and sat down with her. And he started talking about Jesus. And this woman is like so shocked and confused and like no one has ever done that. No one has ever taken time to sit down and talk to her. But this man talked about the love of God and her life was transformed that day. She welcomed Jesus into her heart that day. She left that lifestyle of death and hurt and abuse and came out of that by the grace of God. I'm not going to say her name, but right now, in the last decade or more, almost two decades, she's been doing so many amazing things for the kingdom of God. She is doing so many wonderful productions and musicals and in the media and also helping abused women and, and women that are caught up in that lifestyle? How did that happen? Because of one child of God living 
missionally. Going out into places that some Christian will criticize. But he went there with the purpose of bringing the love of Jesus. To tell this woman that she's loved. That she's accepted. And that Jesus can free her. That can be you. That is you. In day to day, you encounter hurting people all the time. Ask the Holy Spirit. God, how can I minister to this person? I'm not saying that you have to stand there and preach at them until they turn blue in the face. That you have to quote 20 Bible scriptures. No. Just be you in the personality that God has created you. And I can tell you so many instances. I'm an introvert if you haven't noticed. You're like, oh, I don't think so. I am. It's really hard for me to communicate. But I do it because that's what God called me to do in this season. And I go wherever God wants me to go. When I'm getting a haircut, when I'm talking to people randomly, I, I keep talking to the Holy Spirit because God has given you a helper to help you in your time of need and to remind you and to teach you. I say, God, give me something. And I can tell you so many stories of God just using this insecure little boy to change the trajectory of somebody else's life. I'm not qualified. I don't have my theology degree, but I'm an available vessel. While I'm afraid and shaking in my boots, I will step out and say, God, use me. I got nothing to offer except the love that you've given me. I want to give that to somebody else. In whatever capacity, maybe God is calling you to, to prepare the ground in somebody's heart or to plant the seed, or to water it, or to harvest it. Whatever part God wants you to play, it's important. It's part of the journey. Your life matters. Your conversations matter. Your friendships matter. Your co-workers matter. You have one life to live. Someone else's eternal address. This week, even today, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. To share the love of God. And trust God. And step out of the boat. And God promises not to you to shame. Be a, a willing vessel. Know Jesus for yourself personally and make him known. Turn the city upside down. Hallelujah. Live on mission. Scout the vision. Breathe it. Live it. I live to bring people closer to Jesus. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray for the message and then I'm going to give you an invitation to welcome Jesus into your heart. Band, you can come up. If God spoke to you through this message, I want you to put your hand on your heart. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray that this will not just be a feel-good message or something we say, oh, it's inspirational. But God, I pray that your word that I just preached today, right now, Father, I pray that it would take hold of our hearts. That Father, that you would transform our mind God the way that you transform Zacchaeus in a moment from being a chief tax collector to being a generous guy who would give back what he stolen four times to be to to be a guy who would run cell groups in his house to run house group with his entire family because that day not only Zacchaeus got saved but his entire family got saved so God help us to be your hands and feet God help us look beyond our natural limitation. Lord, I pray that you stir up our hearts. Give us boldness.
of a lion. Help us to be bold and yet gentle as a lamb. Help us to not be afraid. To be, to be bold and, and, and pray for chains to break. Why don't we do that right now? If there's sickness in your body right now, just give it to Jesus. Because the Bible says by His stripes we are healed. So right now, whatever sickness, let's arrest it. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we arrest every sickness in Jesus' name. Every tumor in Jesus' name be dissolved in Jesus' name. Church, can you agree? Every cancer be eradicated in Jesus' name. Every broken relationship be mended in Jesus' name. God, if there are toxic relationships in our lives that doesn't need to be there, remove it, God. Every demonic attack, every chain, every bondage be broken right now in Jesus' name. God, we are freed because of your finished work on the cross. Church, receive it. Lord, I receive fresh fire from you. Come on now, put your hand over your head and pray for yourself. We, we got to wrap up soon, so we don't have time to pray for everybody one by one. So right now, in faith, that's what it is, mustard seed faith. Jesus, refresh me, God. Holy Spirit, come on, pray for yourself. You can repeat what I'm saying or you can pray for yourself right now. Holy Spirit, empower me. Lord, ignite my heart. Let it catch on fire. God, increase the fire. Lord, more than I was ever before, I want to be more passionate for you, God. I want to love people the way you love them, God. Lord, I want to forgive them. I want to serve them. I want to lead them closer to you, God. That's my heart's cry, God. All these material things and status will fade away, but your word will remain. So Father, I pray that you help me to sow your word, God, to bring hope and healing to the brokenhearted. Lord, I realize that I am a missionary. I don't need to be appointed by the world, but God, you have called me. Church, say it after me. I am called for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Right now, while we are in a moment of prayer, if you walked away from Jesus, if you've not given your heart to Jesus, for any of the reasons I've said, God is calling you home. He doesn't want you to live this life by yourself. He doesn't want you to struggle. You know, when we get overwhelmed and don't have a solution, if you have Jesus, you have a way. And that's what God spoke to me on my 16th birthday when I was at my lowest. God spoke to my heart and said, without me, there's no way. So if that's you today, if you don't have your hope, if you don't know your Savior, if you're far away from God, all eyes closed. But I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. I will not ask you to come to the front. But on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up because I want to know who I'm praying for. All eyes closed. If that's you, on the count of three, put your hand up. Number one, Jesus died for your sins. He washed you by His precious blood. You stand as a righteous man, as a righteous woman because of what He's done. Two, you have a future because God is the one who is your hope. And He has a future and a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. Three, salvation is right now. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that Father God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Today is that day. Three, put your hand up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. You can put your hand down. This is the moment I live for because many of you are making the decision to come closer to Jesus. And at Next Level Church, we don't pray alone. So church family, many of our brothers and sisters are coming home today. So can we pray together for them and for ourselves right now? So repeat after me, all of us together. Lord Jesus, my life is not my own, but I surrender it to you. Come and be my Lord and my Savior. I trust you. I place my faith in you. I know you have a good plan for me. Lead me. Guide me. I am yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I am never alone. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Can we celebrate? Amen, amen, amen. Let's worship God together. Hallelujah. to worship you hey, to worship you I live to worship you I live I live to worship you Do it. 